Welcome to another special edition of the Covenant Presbyterian Church podcast, a weekly broadcast of our Sunday sermon. I am Pastor Richard Hill. We are currently recording these sermons at home since the circumstances around the COVID-19 pandemic have caused us to cancel our in-person gatherings for the time being. Covenant Presbyterian Church is an open and affirming congregation. Our primary mission is to equip God's people to serve Christ in the world. In our messages, we hope that you will find inspiration, encouragement, and even challenge for your journey of faith. We invite you to listen with us now. Every year, the readings appointed for the first Sunday of Lent include some version of Jesus' temptation in the wilderness. Both Matthew and Luke make a big production of the story, but Mark, a gospel of few words, keeps it simple, as we'll see here in just a moment. Regardless of which version we read, Jesus' 40 days in the wilderness is where the church gets the 40 days of Lent. Jesus' stark sojourn is the reason for Lent's austerity. And Jesus' encounter with Satan is the basis for Lent's emphasis on repenting of all the ways that sin diminishes us. So on this first Sunday of Lent, I want us to focus on wilderness, pondering how God uses wilderness as a formative experience for Jesus and for us. This is from the first chapter of the Gospel of Mark, beginning with the ninth verse. In those days, Jesus came from Nazareth, Nazareth of Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. And just as he was coming up out of the water, he saw the heavens torn apart and the spirit descending like a dove upon him. And a voice came from heaven. You are my son, the beloved. With you I am well pleased. And the spirit immediately drove Jesus out into the wilderness. He was in the wilderness 40 days, tested by Satan. And he was with the wild beasts and the angels waited on him. Now after John was arrested, Jesus came to Galilee proclaiming the good news of God and saying, the time is fulfilled and the dominion of God has come near. Repent and believe in the good news. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks Thanks be to God. Five years ago, I was certain of what my understanding of wilderness would be for the rest of my life. You see, five years ago, our son Malcolm was backpacking the entire length of New Zealand, taking six months off to through-hike the 3,000-mile, 3,000-kilometer Te Araroa Trail, which traverses all kinds of daunting terrain, including the landscapes we have probably marveled at in the Lord of the Rings movies. The wildness of this wilderness is underscored by the isolation that it entails. No phone, no computer, no bathing, but that's another matter. (laughs) Every day, I knew that my son was carrying, uh, that everything he had, he had to carry as he stepped out into some new unknown. So you can see why this mother would think, think of that viscerally held image as the eternal definition 
of wilderness. And the time may come when that may again reclaim its place as the primary illustration in my mental lexicon's entry for wilderness. But here in February 2021, that scenic adventure definition of wilderness has been supplanted, superseded by another definition. Right now, my primary image for wilderness is this strange, strange situation currently gripping our entire pandemic-riddled world. Instead of tending to hiking boot blisters or building campfires in harsh weather, the activities demanded by the COVID wilderness include what's going on right now. I'm standing here, grateful for a handful of masked colleagues as I preach to an iPhone, praying I may somehow connect with a congregation I cannot be with, and most of whom I have not even met, and those few, I've seen only the top 40% of their faces. Now you have your own examples of the wild scenarios presented by this wilderness, and I hope you'll use the chat function to share what those are. Not only is church different, but work is different, and school is different, running errands is different, seeing friends is different, everything is different. And unlike a trek through New Zealand, pretty much all of it is worse than what we knew before. In this wilderness, there's danger and fear, there's isolation and inefficiency, there's just the sheer oddness of so much that once was ordinary. This pandemic has turned daily life into a wilderness. So I hope we can hear God urging us to find strength and purpose in today's text about Jesus and his wilderness time. It's worth remembering that the concept of wilderness was a potent metaphor thousands of years before Jesus was born. The Hebrew Bible is full of wilderness stories. The exile from Eden is told early in Genesis, and the tragic treatment of Hagar comes up later in that book. The 40-year wilderness wanderings of Moses and the people of Israel dominate the book of Exodus, and the desert adventures of Elijah are a feature of 1 Kings, and that's just to name a few. With all that in his cultural heritage, it's no surprise that Jesus would have his own encounters with wilderness. God has quite a history of using wilderness as an opportunity for preparation and revelation, for formation and for transformation. And this is where it gets really interesting to ponder our current situation as a wilderness. How might this strange, strange situation be for us, individually and collectively, a time of preparation and revelation, formation and transformation? How might Jesus' wilderness experience illuminate our own? Now, the Gospel of Mark is never generous with details. To start his story, this writer does not dawdle with shepherds or dally with magi. There is no nativity whatsoever in Mark. Jesus just steps into the story as a fully grown adult, ready to be baptized by John. 
In this gospel, no angels proclaim Jesus' birth or significance, but as he comes up from the waters of the Jordan River, Jesus sees the heavens torn apart, and he feels the Holy Spirit descending, not merely upon him, but the word is really more like into him. And he hears God's voice saying, you are my beloved son. That clarity of identity is Jesus' preparation for the wilderness. We have that too. While Jesus is God's only begotten son, through Jesus we too are all children of the loving God. We too have that identity to lean into, to live into, especially in the wilderness. As to Jesus' actual experience in the wilderness, Mark tells us only this. He was in the wilderness 40 days, tempted by Satan, and he was with the wild beasts, and the angels waited on him. 40 days, tempted by Satan, with the wild beasts, and angels. How in the world does that relate to our a year already and counting current reality? First, it may be helpful to note that the word classically translated as tempted is better translated as tested. It has more to do with trial than temptations. So how, church, are we being tested in this wilderness? Mark identifies the tester as Satan, the adversary of God. How is this adversary of God's goodness testing us in the COVID wilderness? When I read of the rise in domestic violence and in political violence, when I hear about the pandemic's toll on people of color, on women, on the poor, when I see statistics regarding the widening achievement gap among school children, I think God's adversary must be having a deal day. Will we pass the test of addressing these losses? Are we using this wilderness time to formulate faithful responses we can make in God's name? I think that's what we're called to. Now beyond Satan the tester, I am intrigued by Jesus's other wilderness companions. Mark writes that Jesus was with the wild beasts and the angels waited on him. There's no indication of how literally Mark means that, but it sends me right back to Malcolm's trek through New Zealand. I cannot tell you how wonderful it was to learn that along with its natural wonders, New Zealand has no venomous snakes. Yes. <laughs> but New Zealand does have angels. Malcolm often encountered the astonishingly hospitable people whom the hikers dubbed trail angels. Folks who'll pick up a hitchhiker trying to get into town to see a doctor. Folks who will welcome a grubby pilgrim into their home for a wilderness-defying hot shower, warm meal, soft bed. On my phone, there is a video of Malcolm and a trail angel singing happy birthday to me, almost erasing the 18-hour time difference and the 8,000-mile distance the extraordinary kindness 
of those trail angels shaped Malcolm in the wilderness. And their generosity of heart shaped his mother, too. Mark does not specify the impact that wild animals and waiting angels had on Jesus, but their inclusion in this gospel makes me wonder what their counterparts might be in our situation today. Here in the COVID wilderness, what unexpected companions have you found? What people, but also what ideas? Have you encountered unexpected teachers with unexpected lessons in this wilderness? I think God may be using this wilderness to help us reckon with systemic racism, revealing how that evil plays out in medical care, education, criminal justice, everyday life, and surely God can make a wilderness blessing of how we tackle America's dangerous flirtation with lies. Wilderness time is fruitful time, which is good because here in this wilderness, we are also accompanied by the challenges of climate change and its impact on God's creation. I pray that God will use these wild realities, these untamed companions to shape us into who God is intending us to be as we emerge from this wilderness. Because that's something to remember about God's history with wilderness. The wilderness is not the ultimate destination. God uses wilderness as an experience to be moved through. Mark reveals little about Jesus in the wilderness. But one thing is clear. Jesus comes out of the wilderness ready to go. Even in the wake of John the Baptist's arrest, Jesus plunges vigorously into his, wilderness, into his ministry, proclaiming the good news of God. This strange, strange time of ours feels like a wilderness. And my prayer for Lent 2021 is that this liturgical season of reflection and discipline will focus us on how God can use wilderness to transform us. So, church, engage the wilderness you are in. Learn from it, grow from it, hunt for the clarity it offers. Notice how it is not only testing you, but teaching you. Be open to how it can prepare you for what comes after the wilderness. Ask what you need to leave behind in the wilderness. And conversely, what does this wilderness remind you to hold on to? Use the chat to share. Like Jesus, we entered this wilderness aware of our defining identity as beloved children of God. And in God's good time, we will depart this wilderness. And oh, how I hope and pray that we will, individually and as a community, be wilderness prepared to follow Jesus' example of moving boldly out into a world so in need of God's good news. We can't be sure of what that new unknown will be. But if we are following Jesus, walking with Jesus, we'll know we're in good company 
as we deploy the gifts that we've gained from this wilderness, gifts that we can use to God's glory. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Covenant Presbyterian Church podcast. We would normally invite you to worship with us in person on Sunday mornings at 11 a.m. But while we weather the storm of the COVID-19 pandemic, we invite you to worship with us online through our website, www.covpresatl.org. Our weekly worship video is posted there each Sunday morning. Our website is also where you can find out more about us and get in touch. We wish you well in these times of upheaval. Grace and peace to you.